Hey everybody, your friendly neighborhood dungeon master DM Jazzy Hands here with a quick pre-show announcement. We hope you all enjoyed our anniversary live event slash season four finale episodes the last couple of weeks. This week, we're bringing you the first in a series of interviews that Taryn, who plays Bria, conducted to help you all get to know us better as people. The rest of the interviews are going to be released as bonus episodes on the feed over the next several months, so keep an eye out for those special releases. If you just can't wait and want to hear more of them sooner, we're going to release them a little more quickly, probably either weekly or bi-weekly, on our Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash dndlastrefuge, become a patron, and get access to them that way. Finally, just a reminder that the next two Wednesdays, so August 7th and August 14th, we're going to be on hiatus, so no new episodes on the feed until August 21st, when we start up Season 5. I'm still working on exactly what that's going to look like after the less-than-fortunate events of our Season 4 finale episodes, so I'm just excited as you to find out what happens. Okay, that's enough for me. Take it away, Taryn. Welcome to this week's very special bonus episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Taryn, also known as Bria, and with me I have... Karin, also known as Kit. <laughs> <Huzzah>! <laughs> Last week, I have no idea what happened because we have no idea when these will be released, but here we are. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> I am The Last Refuge's biggest fangirl, made even worse by my maternity leave. If you want to fight me about that, tweet at me and we can go at it. <laughs> we all know how distracted and sidetracky I like to get, so buckle up for some fun. I am about to go in-depth with our players, DM Jazzy Hands, and the ever-elusive story consultant Robert Hupf in individual bonus episodes. What, Today... What? <laughs> <laughs> Today, will I ruin my relationship with Karin forever? Will her and I use our powers of reading DM Jazzy Hand's brain to solve the riddles of the last refuge? And, even though we don't have to make decisions today, will she suggest something that I will inevitably ignore, <laughs> even though it's absolutely the correct decision? <laughs> Let's find out. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> I vote for option number two. Let's solve Excellent. everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I am... Um, had I made like a list for everyone and it's 57 questions of general questions and then I made individual questions for you guys and so I was like great I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna have all of these questions that I'm gonna highlight the ones I want to focus on but then I started highlighting all of them for you <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so. I mean I was gonna say all of them for everyone probably also sounds right so uh I don't know I you and I know each other strictly through this game and a little bit outside of it. True. So I have the most questions for you. Oh, okay. Fair, fair. Do you happen to have your dice next to you? Um, No, but I can go fetch them. <laughs> I did not ask you to do this. So yeah, go just grab a d20 for okay, me. Okay, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I grabbed a few because with my luck, I feel like it's good to have. Well, we only need one. I'm going to start out these episodes, so choose wisely. We're both going to roll a d20, and each of our d20s is going to tell us how this interview is going to go for us. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's pretty good. What'd you get? A 16. Oh, I got a 12, so I you're going to be slightly better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. We're off to a right. bang and start already. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> All right. First hard hitting question, which I feel like is probably the most important thing that we should know about you. What is your Hogwarts house? 
Okay. Oh, no. This has been a question of some strife amongst me and my friends because I very much so think that I am a Ravenclaw. But every quiz that I've ever taken and like 50-50 of my friends say that I'm a Gryffindor. So I, I I don't know... Because in my heart, I want to say that I'm a Ravenclaw, but I'm like, are all the quizzes right? Are that half of my friends right or this half? So I don't know. It's a it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't realize I was going to get a complicated answer to this, but I actually love this because DM and I have had this conversation about me a whole lot because I've gotten everything across the board on the tests, but I am a Hufflepuff, like in my heart yeah, and soul. I see that. And he gave, thank you, um, and he said the best response to that which is that the sorting hat will let you choose. So that then means that you're a Ravenclaw. And I would 100% agree that you're a Ravenclaw. Good. That makes me happy. (laughs) Too bad I own a lot of Gryffindor gear. I don't know how that happened. It just happened. So maybe you're a Gryffindor? I don't know. (laughs) Well, every time – here's the thing. I I say Gryffindor gear. Really, it's only two things. But that was because both of the places, both – Harry Potter World in LA and this random store in Ireland, the only stuff that they had that I wanted, like the styles, were Gryffindor House. And I was like, fine, whatever. So it's more just about my fashion sense and less about the fact that I like I would have bought if they if they'd had it in the Ravenclaw colors. Sure. And I, but I think that that's a very like Ravenclaw response to it, right? <laughs> is just saying like this is the most practical thing cuz this matches my style. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Let's take it. So, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. I set you up for that on I know. purpose. <laughs> I like, as soon as you said, I was like, I know I'm being set up for this, so I have to respond. <laughs> Maybe we know each other better than we think we do. <laughs> I think so. It's our sister bond. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> okay, so take me through just the basics. We don't have to get like super deep into it, but take me through the basics of like little Karen being raised in Cupertino, right? Is that how you say it? Yes, it is. Oh, good for me. So t- take me through the basics of little Karin and her little life before we get to this point. <laughs> That's such a like <laughs> wide ranging question. I'm like, where do I start? Do I just talk about the nerdy things? What do I talk about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually one of my questions. Like, were you a super nerdy kid? Were you popular? Or were you like the nerdy popular kid? Or like, how was that? Um, I was definitely, I would say I was nerdy but not like i wasn't dorky you know okay does that make sense totally like absolutely (laughs) like you showered like (laughs) (laughs) yes um but no i like i read a lot I often I've been talking about this a lot with people recently, but I like got scolded for staying up late and reading in bed um and i had a little flashlight you know and i hid under the covers and read when I was supposed to be asleep. And, you know, I was a very good student. And um, 
I unsurprisingly was a theater kid. I like fell in love with theater. I think it was in second grade. I got sent to theater summer camp. You got sent to it? That makes it sound like a punishment. Oh, I did not want to be there. I was very upset. My mom dropped me off and I like really, really was not happy. But of course, by the end of the day, I was like, okay, this is fun. And then I was like, I want to be the star of the show. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um... You know, I was I was clearly really great. Clearly not a little asshole at all. <laughs> I don't know. My dad <laughs> listens. He can weigh in. Dad, was I a small asshole as a child? Let me know. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at us at at D, the letter N, D, last refuge. So then does that like, it sounds like we, again, have very similar backgrounds. So for you, does that mean, how do you deal with like rules? Are you okay with having rules broken or no, are you like very no. strict? I am a strict rule follower. I hate when rules are broken. It makes me very anxious. Just on Sunday, I was flying back from Seattle, and the person next to me didn't put their phone on airplane mode, and I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack if I don't go to sleep and pretend I don't know this is happening right now. (laughs) Was it because you were afraid that like the plane was going to go down, or that just they weren't following the rules? Both. Both. It just really stressed me out. (laughs) So that sort of thing stresses me out. I'm like, I always need to be following the rules or else I will have a panic attack. What's the biggest example of you breaking a rule? Uh, Have you ever? I mean, yes, but I don't know if I should talk about it on the air. What's a a moderate example of you breaking a rule? You could tell me privately because now I have to know. (laughs) I mean, like, I guess, like, underage drinking, probably. Because that's, like, breaking the law, which is rebellious, but also it's, like, actually, like, not really a huge deal, I -hmm. think. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. What was your, we won't ask what age since we know your dad listens, but what was your first alcoholic beverage? I think it was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. That's, <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> tracks, right? <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any siblings? I, I actually, do. I truly do not know this answer. Yes, you I do. have a little brother. I don't think he listens to the podcast. Very sad. But he does play D&D, so he should listen to the podcast. He should. What ha, Does that, uh, does your relationship with him transfer over to how you feel like you are as Kit? How do you mean? Like, because we've got this whole debate about which sister is which order and all of that. So do you feel like how you and him are, you associate with like how you react to Lydia and I? No. I'm like for sure older sister mode. Like I'm like, gotta do this. Like stop being annoying. (laughs) We (laughs) We have a pretty good relationship, but I'm definitely the big sister. Whereas I feel like Kit lets herself get stomped on a lot more than I do. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, who stomps on you? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like, I don't know. Sometimes there's like one person in particular who like, I'll like, come up with that idea and they'll be like, mm, that's great and move on. Okay, so let's move on to another question. <laughs> <laughs> who 
is so now that we're talking about TLR, let's I've got like a million TLR questions okay. for you. Um so uh I have two things that we're gonna do that uh DM is definitely gonna have to follow. For sure, he has no choice in this. Okay, I'm excited. Number one, I want you to make up a name for something right now that he has to include in the show, definitely. Oh my god, that's such a hard question. We all know I mean, I will speak for myself. I'm very bad at coming up with names on the spot. <laughs> I think so that uh, extends to other people too, but. <laughs> oh my God. How about a creature? It, maybe not a name, but like mm-hmm. a creature that mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's going to be an animal or a plant for you. Yeah, I was thinking about a plant. A green crested fernobula. Uh, that's a great <laughs> name, right? <laughs> I just started saying nouns. They're like, you know, (laughs) words and sounds at the end. (laughs) So good. What what does a green-crested Fernoblia do? I have no idea. Probably if if we're like, in my brain, I'm like, Kit just found this thing and she named it. So it probably has some sort of healing properties, I would guess. So I could like stuff it down people's throats. And I'll be like, I know what this thing is. That's and then what you, I just decided. You, it's canon. <laughs> it's canon, exactly. And then you close their mouths until mm-hmm. they swallow. It's perfect. Yeah, great. The green crested Fernoblia. Um, okay. <laughs> um, then I want you to make up a rule for one of those random magic rolls. He actually has not given me permission to ask these questions. It's just <laughs> happening. We're making it right now. Oh my god, he's gonna be thrilled. I feel like I actually like came up with some of these a while ago and now I literally can't think of anything. Should we come back to this question? Yes, I'll okay. ruminate. Okay, I'm going to put three arrows because this is really important. Yeah, yeah. Since you're super afraid of this magic too. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I feel like since we made it through self sin, I'm less scared of it now. I'm not sure that I should be, but I am. <laughs> I feel like you've been Gaining more, especially like when I was on maternity leave, you got like so much more confidence, even just through just all of the sylphs and stuff in general seemed to like bolster that a lot, which is great. Yeah, I think so. And I think part of it for me also just comes from playing more and being put like in situations where like, especially in sylphs and I feel like a lot of our planning and a lot of the things that we were able to do came from me being able to wild shape. So I'm like that plus the combination of like getting more comfortable D&D over time has helped me uh, blossom as a player. (laughs) (laughs) Your flower has bloomed. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um I remember I I did my like live tweeting thing about the character creation episode and just like imagining you not being a druid. I I truly do not know how we would have gotten through any of it without you being a druid. Yeah. Yeah, I think about that sometimes and I'm like, wow, this would have been a very different game. <laughs> <laughs> We, we'd never have climbed the wall. We wouldn't be the leaders. Nothing would have yeah. happened. Yeah. It would have ended right there. <laughs> we all would be dead. No, probably not. <laughs> I'm not that important. That's arguable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's more TLR questions and we'll come back to that one. Okay. Um, 
If you had to play another Last Refuge character, who would it be? I'm assuming you mean of the four of us. Sure. If you want to make it broader, you can, though. <laughs> um, part of me wants to be an asshole and say Zagara just because everyone hates him so much except <laughs> for me. But <laughs> no, I think realistically, like if we were to all trade, I think I'd probably want to trade with you. I think I would want to play Bria. Um, I recently played a rogue for a very short play test that we did, and it was super, super fun. And I was like, oh, this is great. I want to play this character again. So just in terms of that, I'm like, it fits in with what I would be interested in, I think. Interesting. I thought you might have gone for Flick. That's really interesting. Well, I haven't played a cleric yet, but I think I will be playing in an upcoming game. So maybe maybe that answer will change in a week or two. <laughs> and just because you like me so much. So that's exactly. <laughs> Not that I don't like all of our TLR friends. Oh, no, this is it's like recorded now. So it's very clear that I am your favorite out of everyone. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who is your favorite NPC? Again, I want to say Zagara to be an asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> um, while I do love Zagara, um, hmm. I mean, Aryx is like very near and dear, I think, to all of us. So it kind of feels like the obvious answer to say Aryx, but I think I think that's what it is. Yeah. I would go with him for you two. That's what I anticipated. Yeah. Just because you two like obviously I love him. But you two seem to have a very special connection. Yeah. We're like maybe you two herbalist buddies. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> do you think that Kit and her lost love will be reunited? Um, No, I don't think so. I think even if they ever see each other again, I feel like what Kit has gone through is like she is a very different Asamar from who she was when she entered the last refuge and I yeah I just think based on her experiences she probably I don't know like it's hard to say since her love isn't a fleshed out character either but I feel like it's like pretty likely that she'll be like I'm ready to do more adventures and like go off and not want to feel like tied down to a place so let's I want to know more as you just said it he or she? Uh, we established in my musical character backstory episode that it was a he. Okay. I really I had a like moment where I was like, is it a lady? It really could be, but ultimately did not go that route. What? What's his name? Uh, Roland? Oh I'm my pretty gosh, I sure. it started with an R. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Roland and Kit, is he, does he know that she is an Azimar? I don't think so. I don't think we even knew until we got here. Did you? Did Kit tell him anything about like? Because she got the like prophecies and stuff too, right? Like all the dreams um, and. Oh God, I don't remember. <laughs> skipping this, skipping. <laughs> so then, do you think that uh, uh, time is passing at the same rate in the quote unquote real world as it is on the Last Refuge? Oh, that's so interesting. I think I'd always assumed yes, but now that you say that, I'm like, oh, I guess we could be in like an alternate dimension. But um, I don't know. I always assumed that we were in like the same world, but in a different part of the world. I don't know. That's always what 
like easiest like explanation that's always where my brain went to i was like can't think about this too hard (laughs) (laughs) too complicated exactly lots of complicated things happening this is one complication we don't need (laughs) (laughs) yeah i keep thinking because i think that if you two were ever reunited I just keep picturing Kit coming back as like maybe a year older and him being like this like really old man having like these grandchildren and all of this stuff and he's lived this whole life. Oh, I'm going to make you cry. (laughs) That's so sad. That's what I keep picturing. But also like kind of sweet. Yeah, because then maybe he like held a flame for her, but his his wife always knew, but knew that, you know, she wasn't there or, you know. Mm. I like that. DM, make it canon. <laughs> canon, it's done. Uh, the title of this uh, bonus episode podcast series is just going to be called Make It Canon. Yes. That's what we're doing. I love it. <laughs> um, do you think we're ever going to leave The Last Refuge? Um, Assuming that we all live, of course. Oh, dear God. I hope we all live. It was stressful enough <laughs> last week when we recorded. Um, I... I suspect when we get to the end of whatever this adventure is, we will have the opportunity to go back, but we'll have the choice to stay if we would like to. That's what I think. I think she would be really tempted to stay. I mean, we'll have to see what happens, but I think I think just thinking about the bonds that we're building and thinking also about in all likelihood, the turmoil we are going to cause to this world before we're done, I feel like Kit will feel a responsibility to stay and help rebuild the world that we will likely turn completely topsy-turvy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what I was thinking when we were about to go into the temple was just, we've already made these huge changes, and so what is going to come out of that. And I'm not sure that we're terribly far away. I just don't know what the speed is. I, I have the feeling that the speed's going to pick way up after this temple, and I'm just not sure yeah. what's going to happen. I know. I've been wondering about that myself. What do you think that they're planning overall? If you were story consultant Robert Hupf and DM Jazzy Hands, what would you? what do you think that they're planning? Oh, I don't know. I've been like... I haven't been dwelling on this lately, but, like, every once in a while, it'll, like, pop into my head. I'm like, oh, we're, like, it's taken us, like, two years to do the first obstacle, and, like, there's no way that we're going to do, there's no way we're going to continue repeating this temple thing on all four islands. Right. Um, But we already have guessed that one of the temples has already been opened. Mm -hmm. So that leaves just two. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I don't know. I mean, there's definitely going to be a big battle of good and evil, I think, between us and Flick's family. And I think it'll be a battle of, like, staking claim almost, which I kind of hate. But I think that that is sort of what's going to happen. And I think we're necessarily going to have to fight against Flick's family as an embodiment of evil. And we will have to prevail for good. Whether We can debate, you know, whether what we're doing is good or not. Um, right. I don't know. That's very vague. But I don't really know what's going to be happening. <laughs> I don't think any of us do. Otherwise, we'd be way better at making decisions. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's real obvious that we're confused lately, I think. <laughs> yes. Depending. I don't know when this is going to be released. So depending on when this is released, we might have all of the answers. We'll Maybe. See. That would be great. Kind it of. would be great. I'd I be like thrilled. the intrigue, though. Yeah. 
I like the intrigue, but I don't like us spending like three episodes wandering around being like, what are we doing? What is this place? Who is this robot voice? I feel like there's been a lot of that lately, although we're on, we're on a good roll, I think. Yeah, once we found the map in the temple, yeah. I feel like that helped us so much because we we needed that guidance because we really had no idea what we were doing. Yes, I agree. That was the key. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally the key. Um, do you have your rule for random magic yet? Yes. What is it? The person who um, ha- gets this magic effect, they have a pig snout for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most you thing ever. <laughs> what what number should it be? Um, I don't know. 53. 53. Now <laughs> make someone have a pig snout for one hour. Does the, does the pig snout affect anything? You have better... You have advantage on perception checks that involve smell. <laughs> Do pigs actually have good sniffers? Yeah, they can sniff out the truffles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and you can find truffles. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, maybe can... it's only, that's all you can do. You can smell for truffles. <laughs> you just, you go on sidetracks. Just yes, object, exactly. You have, you have a need that you have to get truffles immediately. <laughs> yes, for one hour, you are distracted from all other tasks, and all you want to do is go hunt for truffles. <laughs> 53 truffle hunting snap. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Um, what? Uh, I have more TLR questions, so we'll stick there, and then we'll go to other things. Um, this one's a fun one. Marry, snog, or kill the kobolds, the orcs, and the yuan-ti. Mm. Um, oh, that's kind of hard. At first I was like, that's easy. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, actually, there's a lot of nuance to this question. I'm, I'm a very good interviewer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like it would be lying to say anything other than marry the kobolds. We have such a bond with them. Also, they're so resourceful. And also, so, so you are going to marry Arix? Is that what you're saying? I feel I, like yeah, you're falling yeah. in love with him. I'm calling it now. Kit and Arix <laughs> get married in the season finale, or I'm sorry, the series finale of The Last Refuge. <laughs> Those would be cute babies. I think they'd I be really weird babies. <laughs> I don't know if it would happen. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if Arix is interested in humanoid women. I'm pretty sure he's not. I don't think so. (laughs) Great. Amazing. (laughs) So we're marrying the kobolds. Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel bad since we did kill the orcs, but I feel like we also killed the Mm Yuan-Ti. But also, I'm going to snog the Yuan-Ti, even though they're kind of weird snake creatures. I so still maybe they'd feel be, like, like talented with their tongues or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's what I'm gonna go with. Great, excellent choice. <laughs> it feels a little obvious. Like I feel like I could have like really made a argument for like marrying an orc because of their matriarchal society, and I like was almost gonna go that way, and then I was like, eh, I just have to have to be honest with myself <laughs> well because you're not gonna kill the kobolds for sure and then i Obviously. feel like they're like these like innocent little creatures so like i just don't see them in a snogging sense you know yeah mm-hmm. i agree okay i'm glad we're on the same page once again <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, okay. What has your favorite moment of The Last Refuge been so far? Either big or small. Um, yeah, we were kind of, I think we were talking about this last week. It, might, it was probably off the air, I think, because um, DM Jazzy Hands, uh, Flick and I, or Alex and Huge, we were all we were all playtesting together and we were chatting a little bit. And I have to say, I think that my favorite moment were, I think it was those two episodes where we escape from Sylphsen. Because I wasn't there? No, it's not because you weren't there. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> It was just something about those two episodes, like, everything was going right, but it was such high stakes, and, like, I just felt like the whole time my adrenaline was just, like, pumping, and it all just went so perfectly that I was, like, even though it was very intense and, like, also upsetting, I was, like, wow, this is amazing. Like, it was a really, and especially, I think, because we had spent so many episodes just, like, in a rut of, right. like, what are we going to do? And everything sucks. And, like, we're trapped and we can't do anything and our plants keep failing. To have, like, those two epic episodes where, like, finally everything went right. It was really very exciting. Did you guys, since I wasn't part of that, were those two episodes specifically one day? Since we usually record two episodes in one day. Were they all one day or were they separate? I think they were all one day. Which, okay. like, added to the feeling because we were all like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, it was really just, like, it was just a very high energy but in, like, a very focused way. Like, a, a, a very focused afternoon of recording but also very exciting. That's how it comes off just yeah. in the episode. And I remember almost all of you, if not all of you, texting me individually being like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And we're freaking <laughs> out. And, and, oh, my gosh, just wait till you listen. It was just such a yeah. big deal. So that's – I'm – I like that. I think that that's perfect. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your least favorite moment of recording? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, like I can't necessarily think of a specific moment. Um, that was like a least favorite moment. I mean, like, like for example, like it was very sad and terrible when like you went on maternity leave and we were all like, bar- like that was very sad. But it was also like some good podcasting. So I'm like, that wasn't like a least favorite moment, even though it was a sad moment. Um, I feel like, ooh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of a good example. There's no negative moments of being on The Last Refuge. Exactly. It's always <laughs> good, even when it's sad. <laughs> um, I think, let me check just to make sure, but I think this might be my last, last refuge question. No, I have two more. Oh, okay. okay. One, how do you feel about drinks now? Um, I I respect Drinks. He is like I think he's an interesting character and I think he's like done a lot to help us out. Like I I trust him. I respect him. I'm not sure that we're like best friends, but but he's a good character. Solid guy. I like him. He's super s- solid now that he is a swobald. That I super know. solid oh my god. now that he's a swobald. Oh my god, I keep forgetting to send you guys a picture of when I wear this shirt to the gym, but I have a shirt and it's like a a dumbbell, but there's a like D20 in the middle with a like the 20 showing and on it says on it it says critical swole. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I wear it, I think of drinks. <laughs> So you are team drinks now. That just answered my question. I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So then this is a TLR question and a real life question. So you can answer in whichever order you want. Um, what is 
what accomplishment are you most proud of in The Last Refuge and in real life? Oh my god, I feel a little bit. That's how I feel about that question. <laughs> um, oh god. I mean, we kind of like touched upon this earlier, but I think like I would say like generally in TLR, um, I'm just generally very proud of how how much I've grown as a player and um yeah how much more confidence I have when we're playing the game now like I do think when we started out I like very much so was like I don't know what to say and I'm going to be quiet and wait until I have to do something to say anything um and I do think that I've reached a point of like confidence and comfort with the game that I'm like no I have good ideas and I can say things and make jokes too and so yeah it's just generally been like the arc I think of my growth within the game um i'm proud of you for that too oh thanks um (laughs) i don't know what for my real life (laughs) uh that's a really hard question (laughs) i mean you've got a killer karaoke team i've heard so oh that's true i mean yes if we want a like fun question um for all the listeners out there, I'm sure they'll be thrilled to know I do a uh, competitive karaoke, and uh, my team has won five seasons of karaoke. I think. Oh my! Either gosh. four or five. We just won another one. So, <laughs> what's the um, best song that you've done? You personally have done. Um, I did a pretty great uh, version of "Bulletproof" by Sia. Um, and I did it with a Westworld theme. So I dressed up as Dolores and I like somebody shot me and I had like blood splurred out. And then like I had like my teammates like raise a sheet. And then underneath like my cowboy costume, I was wearing a nude bodysuit so that it like looked like I was naked like the robots. And then like it was this whole very elaborate thing. And I was very <laughs> proud of it. I thought it was excellent. <laughs> Is there a recording of this? Because I have to see it. Um, There might be. I would have to hunt around for it, but I think there might be one of those. Okay. I'm going to have to see this (laughs) because it sounds amazing. (laughs) If you had to choose the hard-hitting questions here, um, if you had to choose between musical theater and uh, not just D&D, but like the nerd life, so like things like Harry Potter and things like that, what would you choose? I mean, don't those two things live together in nope, the same in this, world? Nope. In this situation, there is a person that really hates – there are two people. One of them hates theater and one of them hates nerdy stuff. And someone's going to kill some – I don't know how it works. Ugh, this is terrible. Um, that's like – I'm like – I'm like trying to think. I'm like, well, which is less relevant to my life? And I'm like, no, that pretty much solidly makes up like 50% and 50% of my life. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. I guess musical theater, which like feels wrong to say it. But I'm like, I guess that's what I've dedicated my life to working on. So I guess that. But also, all I do is like read fantasy books and like play D and D watch <laughs> fantasy television. So this is terrible. I don't like this question. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Take a couple. Deep <laughs> it never <breaths>. happened. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who introduced you to fantasy stuff? Like, how did all of that? Like, what's your first memory of like being in love with fantasy stuff? I mean, it was definitely Harry Potter. Okay. Um, 
And that was my dad. Uh, he, I like, introduced I a- you to Harry Potter? Oh, yes. And I was staunchly against it. This is a running theme in my life. I'm staunchly <laughs> against the things that I grow to love. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I was in, like, second grade – and the first three books were out. And my dad, my dad has like always been a fantasy, like fantasy sci-fi guy. So I, when the Harry Potter books were coming out and like gaining all, you know, their speed and popularity, he was like, he like bought the first three books and he was like, oh, I'm going to read these books to you and your brother and you're really going to like them. And I was like, no, it sounds scary. I don't want to do it. And he's like, no, you're going to like it. Like, you have to, like, at least try it. And so, like, my dad, like, read the first three books to us. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool, I guess. Um, but Did it take the first, like, when were you sold on Harry Potter? What moment was it for you that sold you on it? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Um, but, I mean, pretty early on in the first book, I think. Um, like, I don't think I would have like stood for being read to more if I hadn't enjoyed it. Um so I think I think I was hooked pretty quickly. What would what would your uh favorite Hogwarts class be? Um that's a great question. I think there's there's a good chance it would be like charms, I think. Charms are like transfiguration. I think it would probably be one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> going that, back to the dichotomy it's never gonna end <laughs> one of my questions on here is like what are the things that all of your characters have in common <laughs> there it is <laughs> yes there it yes is. are you uh well we all know that you have a cat named liana um because she has shown up in several of our episodes um are you a cat person though or a dog person or just like animals all I would say animals all. Um, I love cats and dogs. I would not classify myself as one or the other. Um, I hope to one day also have a dog that I'm sure Liana will hate. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, but no, I love animals. I love horses too. Horses are a favorite. <laughs> Did you like, have you ridden horses more than just like, oh, we're gonna like ride a horse for a day? Or have you like ridden them? Uh, yeah, I did like a summer of horseback riding lessons and that sort of thing. Did you do like jumps and stuff? Um, I think we did like very baby jumps. We got to there by the end of the summer. It was like, it wasn't that like many weeks of lessons, but it was like, you know, a dedicated like four, six weeks, something like that. I love that. My daughter is not allowed to ride a horse because I've seen Gone with the Wind. Um, what, uh, so since we talked about, like, the D&D side, well, what's your, so I am known for once in a while being at a bar and having a few drinks and meeting strangers and asking them if they have played D&D and if they have not, why they have not played D&D. So if you were to, uh, join me in my pursuit of bringing everyone the good word of D&D, how would you sell it? Like, what are your favorite parts about Dungeons & Dragons? Um, so the way that I always describe D&D to my friends who haven't played it before who are like, what is it? So I, I'm like, it's collaborative storytelling. Like, at the end of the day, you're just, like, hanging out with your friends and you're telling a story. Um, and that that's what I love about it. It's just, like, good fun and, like, 
um you know you're building a world where you can do anything and like yes there are like checks on what you can actually do but like ultimately like the collaborative aspect and like the fact that we're just like getting together and like being goofy but like working together towards a goal um within the world that we're creating that's how i usually try to sell it sometimes it works better than others that works really well with like actors yeah or like theatery types yeah who are usually the people who I'm selling it to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've established that you have only two worlds, so <laughs> exactly the people that you're selling it to. <laughs> no, I think I that's for me too. Like I really love it, it's the story like the storytelling aspect of it. Like you can't explain to anyone who hasn't played it. I mean, you can say it in so many words, but until they've actually gone through it, when you have like a character who's down or who's died or something like that, like you can't explain that like you have actually experienced these emotional triumphs and sadnesses like with these people like there's there's nothing that's like that other than doing it in real life which like clearly we're not all gonna like go dungeon diving um wouldn't that be fun though no it would be terrifying yes yes i agree none of us should be given weapons in real life (laughs) okay musical theater what is your favorite musical and what is your favorite song from a musical obviously it can be outside of a musical or outside of the same musical um Hmm. Again, I have so many different answers to this question, like depending what mood I'm in or like depending what the last thing that I saw was or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So as of April 3rd, 2019, what is your favorite musical today? That Mm -hmm. same guy who just like keeps showing up in your life, threatening you to make decisions. (laughs) He's here again. Yeah, I... Okay, my like... First thought, but I'm not actually sure this is my favorite musical, but the first thing that, like, springs to mind is Spring Awakening. Just because when I saw it, I had, like, such an emotional reaction to it. And it also, like, the music from Spring Awakening got me through a really rough breakup. So, like, Mm -hmm. I, like, feel very, like, emotionally connected to Spring Awakening. Um, And every time I see a really excellent production of it, I'm like, oh, yes, this is so good and beautiful. But then you see a terrible production of it or like a college production of it and you're like oh this is the worst like <laughs> so so i have like a complicated relationship with spring awakening but it's definitely like up there one of my favorites um i also love bat boy um okay it's just i love the music it's so fun and catchy and it's so weird and funny and like also making a really strong social commentary that I really love. Sounds like like you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's nothing better than some good social commentary with your musical theater. (laughs) (laughs) Hidden underneath a few jokes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I really like that one. I'm just going to keep talking about musicals until you stop me. No, I'm going to I also love Oklahoma. I know. What Surprise. a broad spectrum. I know. I know. I like have, yes, yes, very broad spectrum of tastes. Um, or I don't know, likes, I guess. But I was, I, what, I was in Oklahoma in high school and like, you Who know, were like, you? yes. Ado Annie. No. No? No. Were you Lori? Yes. Oh my gosh. So pretty <laughs> and lovely. <laughs> 
Yeah, I went into the audition being like, they're for sure going to cast me as Ado Annie. And they were like, no, Lori. And I was like, wow, that was the first time I was ever cast as an ingenue. You were a superstar. You like walked in there and tossed your hair. <laughs> I'm making faces that the audience can't see, nope, but it's they fine. Can't. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but anyway, so I really fell in love with Oklahoma in high school and doing that and like, you know, doing like close reads of the text. And then I saw the production that's now on Broadway. I saw it off Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted from Oklahoma. Because the thing that always makes me angry about Oklahoma or when people talk about it is they're like, oh, it's so like fun and cheerful and like it's all just like fluffy candy. And I'm like, no, Oklahoma is super dark and super fucked up yeah. and about a really like fucked up time in our country's history. And like it's right there on the page. Like you don't have to dig for it. It's right there. Yeah. So when I saw the production off Broadway, it like really like does not shy away from it. It is like, this is dark and this is depressing and like, this is like hard subject matter that we're dealing with. And it's like, the show has gotten such a reputation for being fluff mm -hmm. that I don't think is earned from the text, which is one of the reasons why I love it. I'm like, people are wrong about you, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> have you, uh, have you directed anything? Uh, yeah, I directed a musical review in college, and I also directed a, um, I directed Sarah Rules in the Next Room or the Vibrator play in college. Did you like directing? I did. Um, you know, in college at least, directing is kind of like directing and producing in one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I liked it because I got to be in charge of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have nothing in common. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like I like digging into a script and being in a rehearsal room with actors and um obviously two like very different experiences those two things that require different skills um but no it's like it's a lot of fun it was never something that i had any desire to pursue professionally like the producing side of it appealed to me more but i you know i love a good chance to flex some creative muscles what's your i'm assuming that your dream job is somewhere in theater um, so, like, what's your – if you were to design your dream job, even if it doesn't exist, like, what is that? So, dream job, um, I want to work at a regional theater uh, in the artistic department of a regional theater doing creative producing work. Um, ideally, working somewhere where they develop new work, specifically new musicals would be great, um, and getting the chance to, you know, work with writers on a day-to-day -day basis um, and uh, – you know, see, help, uh, help artists like see their dreams come to life on the stage is really, that would be, that would be my dream job. So <laughs> any regional theaters who are currently hiring, you can go ahead and get in touch with Karen on Twitter <laughs> at a, at K Nilo, right? K N I L O? I think so. I don't even know. I'm not I just have Twitter. Twitter type it for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Twitter, uh, Twitter verse. <laughs> People, if the listeners, y'all should tweet at me and then maybe I'll be forced to engage with Twitter more because right now I just lurk. It's very bad. <laughs> so you talked about Spring Awakening. Was that like the most emotionally moved you've ever been by a show? Or is that 
or was there another show that just like totally and just specifically like emotionally that you came away and were like oh my gosh this show um i think that probably is pretty high up there for me in terms of like immediate emotional response like when i saw the touring cast i was a fucking mess i was inconsolable like sobbing and i saw it with my two best friends in high school and we like like they were like oh that was sad and we're touched and I was just like crying and crying (laughs) I couldn't stop crying and you know it was like uh, I think it was Broadway Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS Week so there were like people standing with red buckets and I like gave a dollar to like a girl in the ensemble and I was like that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) like really over the top um but I also like I am pretty easily like I become emotional pretty easily in the theater Mm -hmm. so like there have been other times that I've been like crying in the theater um I went to go see Marie and Rosetta uh at Atlantic Theater Company and there's this one scene where one of the characters I think she's talking about she's talking about her mom that passed away and like I became an emotional wreck Mm -hmm. and just started sobbing and was like trying not to like trying not to cry loudly right um but just started like bawling and the and I was there by myself (laughs) seeing the show by myself (laughs) and this the woman sitting next to me like an older woman she just like turns and like pats me on the shoulder she just like is rubbing my shoulder I'm like Thank you, but this is really embarrassing now. Was this before but, um, intermission? Uh, it's a one act. Okay, okay. Because I've had several moments where the show gets me before intermission, and then I have to like publicly be in front of the rest of the people viewing the show with like extremely red and puffy eyes. I do not look good when I've been crying. <laughs> oh, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Um, you never yeah. tell me your song. Tell me your song, your favorite song from a musical. Oh, um, oh, that's also a hard one. There are so many favorites. What is my favorite favorite? Mm. I'm sure I have one. It's just not coming to me. Do you have a, it doesn't have to be from a musical either. Do you have like a favorite, like, happy-go-lucky song, like a song that you like go to when you need like a pep talk for yourself? Um, I'm sure I did at one point. I'm not. I'm not sure I have, like, one particular song right now that I could uh, pinpoint. I'm saying, like, if I, like, need, like, a pick-me-up, I definitely go for, like, girl bands and, like, female singers and, like, poppy stuff that's, like, fun and um up-tempo. That's my, like, go-to usually if I'm, like, just going to put a playlist on to get pumped up. So, you know. Lots of Kesha and like recently I've been getting into Little Mix, which I'm like, I'm sure I'm way behind. Oh, and Lizzo right now. I've been listening to her a lot too. <laughs> I don't know what any of these words are that you just said. <laughs> oh my God. I'm such uh, a musical theater person that I live in like my musical theater world. I, yeah, I feel that a lot. I'm usually like that, but like, I, I like... Ugh, I don't know. I just love like top four, 40, like, you know, like sugary, sweet pop music too. Like, Absolutely. I, I love it so much. But also, like, yeah, musical theater is like the bread and butter for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, every time that we like actually get the chance to talk, I'm so sad that we live far away from each other because I'm like, oh my gosh, we are such like 
sisters. We have such a sister bond. I know. know. Move here, please. Oh, one day, one day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a very important question that I already know the answer to. Which coast is the best coast? West coast, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) Listen up, boys. Not even a question. (laughs) Um, did you ever th- – this seems sidetracky, but it's me. Um, did you ever – like, were video games ever your thing or are they your thing? Or was it more kind of like the reading, watching realm of that stuff? Um, I'd say growing up it was definitely more the reading, watching realm. Um, I don't know. I played like a couple of video games. Um, growing up, like, I was a big fan of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know, so random. (laughs) You got so sassy when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, growing up, I wasn't, like, really into it. But then, like, I'd say, like, you know, around the time that, like, the Wii came out, I, like, like, I like the Mario games. Mm -hmm. And I, like, um, I have a Switch that was a birthday gift. And I love that. Um, And I played through all of Mario Odyssey and then now I'm playing through Zelda. Um, It's the first Zelda (gasps) game I've ever played, but it's really great. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, you're going to have to still go back though and play like the classics because it's very different gameplay. Um, I believe that. (laughs) I, everything is turned into like such complicated gameplay now. Like we, we got God of War and I was so excited because I love playing Kratos because he's like so powerful and I can just smash buttons. And now the new version is like, oh, well, it's it's almost a shooter and you have to aim and I'm like I get too nervous for that (laughs) yeah I no me too I like I'm usually like pretty bad at like you know like shoot 'em up games because I like freak out and I'm like I don't know how to beat them so I feel you (laughs) once again shocking (laughs) um you and I have a very uh, shared interest in our reality television. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that I am going to watch what your answer to this is, but also it's Survivor Night tonight. I'm so excited. Um, oh, it, I missed it. It was an hour ago here. I know. I'm so sorry. I realized this morning. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> um, I'll watch tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow? Do it after this. How dare you? You have to get I to it. watch it. I have to wait till they put it online. Well, Hawaii really needs to catch up with our time so that they can put it online faster. <laughs> Um, what's your favorite reality show? I mean, Survivor's my favorite. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Um, I know you were probably referencing the fact that I also am part of Bachelor Nation and that you weren't <laughs> going to agree with me there. But no, Survivor is like so superior to the Bachelor franchise. Like, so superior. Well, I haven't, I just haven't really watched it. I get, I get why people love it. I just haven't really watched it. And that's a hard one to get my husband on board for um Mm -hmm. so and i don't really have like a close girlfriend that can like come over and like drink wine because i think that's requirements right like you have to like watch it with someone with a glass of wine or a bottle of wine yes i i like often don't do that which is a real shame because like similarly i don't really have anyone in new york who like watches with the same like fervor that i do (laughs) so i like i like usually i'll like watch it and i'll like sassily text my friend who lives in chicago who also watches i'll be like all these things are happening they're so ridiculous that counts Um, (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like virtual hangouts i love it (laughs) that's pretty much how i watch everything so that's fair yep (laughs) all right i have a couple more questions these are serious questions 
Oh, serious. Um, if you had all of the money in the world, what like what would one day in your life look like if you had all of the money in the world? Um, I'm assuming this is outside of any donations to organizations that I might make. Yes, this <laughs> Just is like, like the selfish things. stuff. Like I would live in a mansion and I would be drinking limoncello or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I think if I had all the money in the world, honestly, what I would do would be travel everywhere um, and like see everything that I could and eat everything that I could and drink everything that I could. So like, I'm like, like one day, like, I don't know, maybe I've already been to Barcelona, but that's like the first place that I think of. I'm like, if someone came up to me tomorrow and was like, here's all the money in the world, I'd be like, great. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go to Barcelona. I'm just going to stay in Barcelona for like three months. And like, <laughs> then I'll move on to the next place. Um, yeah. Okay. I love that. I hope you get it. I hope you get that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, whoever's listening, who wants to give me all the money in the world, I'll take you up on it. <laughs> Start a travel blog. <laughs> We're going to Barcelona. Um, okay. If you had just become a new parent, like, I don't know, eight months ago, um, what <laughs> – would be like the ideals that you would most want to instill in your child um i think i think kindness and empathy are the two like biggest things that i think are number one most important thing that if i ha i think all people should have but like if i had a kid i would definitely like empathy would be the number one thing that i'd be like Gotta make sure this kid is empathetic because I think that that extends to so many issues in our world. And I think so many problems that we have could be solved if people just like took the time to understand each other a little bit better and like, yeah, have that layer of empathy and ability to look outside of your own bubble. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's the number one thing that I would say. I agree with that. Hooray for me. <laughs> Yay. Hooray for Cheeky. Uh <laughs> yes, hooray for Cheeky. <laughs> um all right, so our final question. Um what is the most profound advice that you have ever been given? Um funnily enough, this was actually in the context of somebody like giving advice about networking, but I think it just applies really well to life. Uh the advice was um it was like an old boss and he was like don't network just be nice to people i'm like wow that. <laughs> that's such such good advice it's just like about like coming and being a genuine authentic human it's not about putting up a front it's about connecting with people and just talking and being kind i mean like goes back to the last thing that i said but i i think that is really excellent advice especially in terms of the work workplace but also in terms of life in general. To just be kind to people. Yeah. That sounds very you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I try. <laughs> and that is where we're going to leave it for this week. Thanks so much for uh -huh. listening to this week's very special <laughs> bonus episode of The Last Refuge. Be sure to keep an eye out for more special bonus episodes like this one and, of course, our regular episodes. You can reach out to the TLR team by leaving us a podcast review or by dropping us a line on Twitter and Instagram at dndlastrefuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. If you've got more than 280 characters to say to us, you can email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. 
If you want to know more about us as players, access our Patreon for bonus content, see some awesome fan art, find out what cons we'll be attending, and get links to other streams and podcasts where you'll see us playing even more D&D, you can go to our website at www.dndlastrefuge.com. We want to thank BattleBards for providing a lot of the fantastic music you hear on our show and D&D Beyond for being generally amazing in every way possible. Check out both of those services at BattleBards.com and dndbeyond.com. I also want to send so much thanks and love to all of our patrons, and I hope I pronounce all of these correctly. Our honorary <laughs> party members, Matthew Allen, Sir Mox the Magnificent, and Tanya. Our Shimmerscale tribe leaders, Eliahu of Merck Grove, Eugenio, and Lisa Diane Mercado Etheridge. Shimmerscale council members, Lucas Holcomb, Nat Rose, The Geekery, Sabria Alston, Steffi Bernard, and Tony A. Ellis. Shimmerscale tribes people, Dan Dillon, Ernest Anderson, Hannah, Lisa R. Gemma, Red Hand Roleplay, Stephen Rowe, and Serena Marie. We are so grateful for every single one of you. What a good Thank list. you so much for being our patrons. We love you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Finally, I want to thank Robert Hupp, our story consultant who did absolutely nothing for this episode, but who contractually <laughs> needs to be mentioned in every episode, or he will ensure that all of the characters die. And of course, to all of you for listening. I am your friendly neighborhood, Taryn, and with me I have... Karen, as kid. Happy gaming, y'all. <laughs> I don't know what I was supposed to say there. That was perfect. <laughs>I am so ready. Okay. <clears throat> oh my gosh, I've been waiting two years to do this. <laughs> uh... <laughs>